you have just been invaded by. Hey there, guys, this is DJ Slope from Slope's Game Room, and you're listening to Slope's Cast, the retro gaming news show recorded live on Twitch on the 4th of February 2021. In today's episode, I'm joined by my co host Grizzly Cryden and special guest Goldfish on Games as we discuss the closure of Stadia's internal studio, the new Sonic TV show coming to Netflix, GoldenEye's long lost Xbox Live port finally leaking online. The Great Mighty Pooh has been soft-locking Xbox Series X consoles, the Streets of Rage legend showing off a Shinobi free pitch, how the classic MSX version of Metal Gear got ported to the Amiga 500, and my incredible niche Kickstarter of the week as well as the new Sonic LEGO set. If you want to be in for a chance to be on a future episode then please do consider becoming a Patreon or YouTube member, and if you have any stories that you want us to cover then why not share them in in the official Slopes Game Room Discord server. Links to everything mentioned can be found in this episode's show notes. And finally, if you are listening to this on any of the many podcast platforms around the world, then please do give this show a little review in order to help spread its wings. It really does help the show. So guys, for topic number one, we are going to be talking about Stadia. Stadia. And as pretty much every single piece of news that comes out about Stadia, it's not good news. Because Stadia has closed its internal studios down. Uh, Jade Raymond has also uh, left the project. Now, um, you, you, you were someone that brought this along, uh, wasn't you, Grizzly? You got, uh, why don't you take the, the, the helm with this one? Well, I didn't invest in Stadia. I mean, when it comes to cloud gaming, I, I'm not really like the biggest like fan of it. Although I have, I have played, I have played a bit of PlayStation Now, a bit of GeForce Now, just to try them out. And I will say it is getting better. But mm-hmm. when you when you're talking about a, a big platform owner like Google, um, you're talking about a company that tries so many different things and. It's so it's so interesting to see them throwing it in throwing in the towel at this early stage, um, especially when they've only just really announced that they were going into gaming development. So I don't know, it doesn't really bode well. I mean, Jade Raymond was like this big name at one point for like Ubisoft and Assassin's Creed and the like. I mean, she she was a big proponent of uh, like Ubisoft's like major works, but uh to have her leave so soon, it's not looking good. It's a strange one. Now, before I give my two cents, and uh, for people that are listening, you can't see, but I'm actually holding up my two Google Stadia controllers. I've uh, got two Google Stadia controllers. Don't worry, I'm not a big supporter of it. <laughs> they were both sent to me for review. Uh, well, the first one was the second one I jumped in because I'm a YouTube member. You can get it for free. They were really desperate to get people on the platform. But the other guy we have in our chat, the Goldfish, Goldfish on Games, are you able? Are you able to? Do you want me to say where you work? Um, I've I work in gaming. I don't tend to discuss where I currently am. That's fine. That's fine. In that case, what um, what's your opinion as someone that works in gaming? Um, uh, what's your opinion on Stadia and the fact that it's you know the, the, the studios are being shut down? As a per- completely personal opinion, yeah, yeah. Uh, I am. I'm not a big fan of. St- like game streaming at all i think it's uh, a terrible idea i don't think it works and so stadia stumbling already 
is sort of slight sort of vindication for me is like oh, I thought this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but shutting down the studios, I don't think they even released any actual games, did they? We had guilt. That's the one in but the thumbnail. But that wasn't them, was it? I, I, it I believe that was, um, I can't remember the name of the studio, but that was the only reason. That when, when I got sent uh, Google Stadia, I filled in a little survey and they said, do you want to review it? Yeah, I had like my embargo and all that sort of stuff. But all I had um, as a reviewer of it was basically their monthly subscription where you basically, same as PlayStation Plus or whatever else, I had it for free for three months, uh, where you get, the games that are available to you now they're one-on-one fighting games it was uh samurai showdown um i'm not a big one-on-one fighter anyway uh and streaming games online was definitely not the place for one-on-one fighting where you need that pinpoint precision i wanted to try out a game called guilt as you said um guilt is um a third person very light horror-based action game um and uh that sort of thing, you don't need the the fastest of reflexes, so it worked, and I had nothing but a pleasure playing through it a few times, actually. Um, uh, but as soon as you try out Samurai Showdown, and obviously this is coming from someone that doesn't even, uh, that's no good at those sort of one-on-one fighter games, but even I could see, wow, that's where you start noticing the lag when you when you start playing games that that need it. And obviously they were heavily promoting games like samurai showdown and the fact that you can play the latest um uh fifa i I believe it was fifa and and um uh destiny 2 and stuff like that again all all these games are not really the games i would ever buy a a console for but or or or, or buy a platform like this for but these are the games that you need pinpoint precision and it blew my mind that these were the way that they were promoting the, the the service and uh yeah um i'm sad to see it go but i can see why I mean, it's it's not it's not quite gone yet. I mean, that there's they're still saying that's the existed planned exclusive will still come. I mean, um, a couple of guys in the Twitch chat. Uh, thanks for the contributions, by the way. Um, Baldur's Gate Three was supposed to be a Stadia exclusive, and that's quite a big name for um, hardcore gamers. I mean, if if we remember the Black Isle games from back in the day, Baldur's Gate was definitely up the top in terms of. Um, in terms of that pen and paper RPG style. But I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. I think we're going to see uh, a move, a shift to uh, the multi-platform. I mean, it, it just strikes me a bit like the Ouya or One Live, uh, you know, those previously like vo- much vaunted projects. But um, at this stage, it, it just really looks to me like people are losing faith Um and more, most importantly, the the post that we're referring to actually came from Google itself. So that's again, it's just not a bad. It's not a good sign, is it? It's just it reeks of um, remorse. Yeah, like these platforms, you'd live and die on your effectively your exclusive features. The three hundred and sixty had its uh, online service long before anyone else, and it had its exclusive games. Three, uh, the Xbox One didn't really have a lot of exclusive games or services, and we we saw it drop off because of it. And now Microsoft are getting back into that, realizing we need like you need to have a reason to get a platform. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just saying you don't need to download is that really much of a reason? No, <sighs> I I never thought so. I mean, one of the one of the selling points for Stadia was that you didn't get discs, and personally, that's a massive turn off immediately for me. So. <laughs> I, I don't know what they were really planning for. I mean, 
the idea is nice, but it's still way ahead of its time, and it's just not going to. It's not going to have that X factor, not for a good while. Um, I mean, this is just proof in the pudding, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. It's uh, it is a shame because I, I, for again for the games I liked, it was a actually a very impressive uh service. I remember I was in that uh with Andrew Dalton, one of my um uh admins. I had a uh, retro man cave or RMC um as he's now known in uh, on the live stream as well, uh, and they were all checking out this 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 uh. It wasn't even that long of a game, like three or four hour long game um, called Guilt and literally not found, there was not one problem in the entire game. I, I, I tell a lie, there was one crash in the two or three playthroughs I had of this game, um, which may have not even been the service. It may have been the game itself. And, you know, for that, it was fine. It was completely fine. But the problem was, um, as soon as you start playing the games that they're actually using to promote the service, uh, that's when you start noticing um, uh, the issues. You know, the, uh, as people are seeing on the screen here, the, the, the fast rhythm games, the ones where you need the pinpoint accuracy, it just wasn't... We're not there yet, unfortunately. Um, fair play for Google for giving it a go, but for God's sake, Google, stop giving up on things so quickly. <laughs> it's a shame. It's a shame. But there you go. There you go. R&D tax dodge calling it now you reckon oh uh, yeah big companies love doing this google have the hardware in all the those their data centers and in a way this was meant to be a demonstration of what they could do for to get more people onto the google cloud platform so if it's worked to do if it's brought in more customers to the google cloud platform then it's probably been worth it to them yeah it's an ecosystem thing that's for sure mm-hmm mm-hmm there you go. There you go. So moving over to topic number two, uh, <laughs> keeping it Sonic themed. I've been playing a crazy Sonic mod tonight. There's a new Sonic TV show um, coming to Netflix. So this has got to be uh, maybe the, I'm thinking the fifth, maybe the fourth or the fifth new Sonic TV show, Sonic Prime. It's coming to Netflix in 2020, and it's going to be animated by Wild Brains Vancouver Studio, Man of Action. Man of Action are the people that created Ben 10 and the uh, characters of Big Hero 6, which is pretty exciting stuff. And uh, Roger Craig Smith leaves Sonic as a voice role. So, um, uh, got much to say on this one, Grizzly? Do you, do you, have you watched much of the uh, the classic Sonic cartoons of yesteryear? So I, I was pretty much raised on the likes of Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog and then the Satam or the Satam uh, cartoon show. Less so underground, watched very little of Sonic X um, and Sonic Boom, from what I hear, is actually an incredibly smartly written show. But, you know, I was far too old to, for it to be considered, you know, like polite <laughs> to watch something like that. Um, I'm interested to see what they do. Um, I think it's probably going to be a CGI cartoon. I mean, that's what they're big on with Big Hero 6 and the like. But um, I think when it comes to the writing of Sonic recently, it's it's been genuinely quite good. I mean, they had the, the guys who did Mad World, the, the Sonic Colors guys, and working on scripts for a while. So there's a lot they could do. And um, I just hope they don't... Uh, I, I just hope they keep that self-referential humour. They, they, they keep 
keep th- keep things going. And also just on that uh, voice role um, thing, some news came out today, uh, which I forgot to put in the notes, that apparently a Mr. Ryan Drummond has been reapproached to uh, reprise his role as Sonic the Hedgehog. Now, whether that's linked to Sonic Prime or not, we don't know. But uh, Ryan Drummond as but Ryan Drummond, as we know, is the voice actor of Sonic uh, in such roles as Sonic Adventure. Uh, but he also voiced Sonic in Sonic X. So that could be the reason he's coming back. Ah, yeah, this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> Massive wide mouth. Come on, Tails, we need to get busy. <laughs> it's amazing. So, yeah, you had the original Sonic the Hedgehog show. That was the one that I used to watch mostly as a kid. I don't ever remember anything. I don't remember watching Satam until I think I put it on DVD or watching clips on YouTube, whatever. But, yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog show, there was Satam, there was Underground. Uh, spoiler alert for people to watch that. It was all about trying to find his mother, and then it cancelled after two shows, and they never did. Uh, that was the one with Manic in it, wasn't it? Yeah, and Sonia. Yeah, Sonia. Oh, my God, yeah. The whole family and the, the instruments. It's like... What? Sonic Underground. The <laughs> <laughs> power metal it is amazing. Um, How can we make Sonic more nineties? Give him and give him an electric guitar. There you go. Oh, it's ridiculous, isn't it? And they literally just ripped off Animal from the uh, the Muppets as well for for Manic. Was it Maniac or Manic? His name? Yeah, Manic. <laughs> um, yeah. So Bad. yeah, you had those three. You had Sonic X, like you said. Uh, I watched that a little bit. I remember I actually. Um, there, were, there used to be a site where you used to be able to download those before they came out in the um, in the UK, and that, that that was pretty good. That was pretty good. And I remember at the time not enjoying Sonic Boom, but um, I hate to be that guy, but now I've got a kid, it's actually all right. But no, it, it is actually a really good show. It's really strange that there's no theme tune to it, which is always something that's bugged me about Sonic Boom. But... Uh, and I, I hate the scarfing. I really don't like the scarfing. Oh, the sports tape. Uh, why give him a scarf and cover him in bandages? But um, uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, Sonic Boom's a pretty good show. And who knows where they're going to go with what is a terrible name? Actually, I'll give. I'll say that straight off the bat. Sonic Prime is sounds like an Amazon property. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful it's awful netflix is definitely becoming the home for these uh video game adaption tv shows with things like castlevania tomb raiders on the way um uh cuphead's on the way as well uh tv show yeah supposedly um in in, in other news in other video game netflix related news um the likes of legend of zelda uh was recently cancelled mm. but of course, we never actually saw anything of it anyway. So, whether or not that it that was an actual pro- project or not is remains to be seen. But it does seem that Netflix is pushing for video game adaptation territory. So it's interesting. Absolutely, and you got the um, uh, the Mario show, uh, the old the old animated Mario cartoons on the UK Netflix. And whereas people out there that have got your VPNs and want to watch that for some reason, you can. Uh, got much. Uh, uh, love or memories of this uh any any of these shows i've got much to add to this uh goldfish well i did i used to watch the adventures of sonic the hedgehog with his chilling mm-hmm. dog eating ways <laughs> back in the day <laughs> <laughs> and his uh end of episode sort of uh don't stick your fingers in a in an electrical socket style <laughs> uh bits no what was the best one it's like don't go away with strangers that was it <laughs> that's, no good. that's no good <laughs> if they want to touch you somewhere that you don't want you that's no good <laughs> all i'm gonna say is 
it's so cringy like looking back at that but oh my god oh my god i love the design of um uh was he eggman in that oh, was he robotnik? yeah robotnik, it was robotnik yeah. still um and then they used that uh animation didn't they in the um uh the dr robotnik's mean bean machine with his uh with his two little henchmen uh and then there was the unreleased uh they they, they made a, a sort of concept video for an upcoming sonic game and that had some animation from that in there as well but uh yeah i've got a soft spot for that it's not great to watch looking back i don't know the 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 archie the one that became the archie comics is quite good still um it's i mean one thing that really stands out to me and i, I hate to echo the nostalgia critic when i whenever I, I talk about it but the one thing it was really good at was putting that environmental message in there without it coming off as just twee it was it was actually there was a lot of effort behind it and um just a fantastic show and also uh as much as I love Ryan Drummond and uh, Roger Craig Smith's re- renditions of Sonic, I, ho- I do hope we see Urkel come back as Sonic at some point. Um, <laughs> just for the, did I do that memes? So what do we think, guys? Are you guys going to be watching Sonic Prime? I hate the name. I hate the name so much. Are you guys going to be watching Sonic Prime? Uh, I can't believe it. I'll give it a go. Probably. N- I-, I might catch it, but I- I'm not going to go out of my way, probably. Um, <laughs> after. Hey, I've w- I watched bits and pieces of the Sonic cartoons. I think I watched a bit of X, but not. I never got round to um, the ones after it. Yeah, I think I've watched the first episode of Sonic X probably 10, 15 times. So I want to get into this show. I just never have. Really. I've watched a few episodes, but yeah, Sonic X for the most part uh, is the one, uh, as in the first episode. Um, uh, I'm, I'm obviously going to check this out, whether I watch every episode or not, we'll see. Um, in actual fact, even though it was... A bit slated upon its release. I actually think Sonic Boom's probably the the most easiest one to digest nowadays. It's like completely stupid and comedic, but um, yeah, it's um, it, it's quite fun to watch, uh, and I, I like I like watching that with my son. You, you got I know you got the uh, the internet ones, the spin-offs of Sonic Mania as well, and then there's obviously the Sonic movie and the new Sonic movie as well. Um, uh, yes, it, I mean. Pretty exciting stuff. I've always wanted, I've always wanted, whether it be a TV show or preferably a movie, I've always wanted a movie or a TV show that looks like the intro for Sonic Unleashed. Yes, um, definitely. I'm hoping that's what they'll do with this. I hope so. I mean, the... the I hope so. The one thing that's good about the, the Sonic Prime, the only thing we've seen, is that the font actually harks to that kind of art style. So maybe, maybe that's where they're going with it. Maybe. Just don't don't turn into a werehog, which doesn't even make sense anyway, because the were is the other. It shouldn't be that. It should be a hedge. Uh, well, he were a hedgehog, weren't he? Wolf. I'm more, I'm more excited for Cuphead because I think that's going to be a lot more my cup, cup of tea. I think they're going to go for a bit more of a Ren and Stimpy, jokey mixed with the classic uh, Mickey Mouse animation. Um, um, that that's definitely more me. I, I will probably sit down and watch all of the Cuphead show, but. Mm. Yeah, Sonic Prime. Oh, Castlevania is good as well. That's a good show. Yeah, that's not bad, is it? just uh captures it really really well and uh by the way if you haven't seen it already uh check out the complete history of castlevania on slip's main channel do it, sorry do it yeah that, that turned my my channel around that but anyway that's not what we're here that is yeah let's let's yeah, move yeah. on <laughs> <laughs> over to topic number three uh, and this is a juicy juicy topic guys GoldenEye the long lost GoldenEye XBLA version um is now playable 
it's not only, uh, you know, leaks onto YouTube, but it's genuinely playable. So it was created in 2007 for the Xbox 360 arcade platform. It was a, a remake, was it? Uh, a, compl- a complete remake of the N64 game? Yeah. Yes. So if you were thinking of the, like, uh, if, if anyone's played Perfect Dark, the N64 re-release on, um, on the Xbox 360, that's pretty much what you're looking at here. But they've actually gone that whole step further so you got all new textures the gameplay just looks refined everything just looks stunning and the whole game has now been shown in its entirety um on youtube uh through one one of the channels that we're going to reference um in in the uh in the video part of this uh this cast and i love this a lot because i um Back in 2012, when the Xbox One was launching, I sat down with a couple of Rare employees and they told me that this existed. And you could tell that story to everyone and they just wouldn't believe you. But here it is in the flesh. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but it was made five years before that conversation. So it feels, one, great to be vindicated. But two, (laughs) just in general, I, I, I need to play this. And... There are a couple of methods in which to play it. I'm not going to go into detail about how you do so, but... It's not hard. I'm sure you can find a YouTube video that will uh, tell you exactly how to do that. <laughs> little cheeky Google never never hurt anyone, that's for sure. Um, but no, it, it, it looks like a definitive version of GoldenEye, and it's still, apparently... Uh, the people who may have leaked the code or not, um, I'm not sure where this source comes from exactly, but the the plan is still to sort out the licensing dispute which stopped this from launching in the first place and release it and to be honest it just it just looks ready to go you just click it and it's out and you can play it so exciting stuff exciting stuff so i mean i wasn't i was really bad at this game when i was younger um i I didn't have an n64 i was a playstation boy through and through and i remember a lot of my friends did have n64 so when they used to go around there and they'd someone would bring the extra controller for me which would always be some rubbish mad cats controller and uh we'd all sit around a tiny little tv because it was in in their bedroom we'd all play four player goldeneye and i would just watch my character die on loop and it was never fun um Ah, so because i've never really been sorry (laughs) you were that kid (laughs) <laughs> I was that kid. I was I was terrible at this game. And I, even though I've never been a fan because of that, I can't take away the fact that, yeah, it's a, a hugely historic game. Hence why I did um, uh, The Complete History of GoldenEye, actually. Uh, it was... Um, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's stupidly significant uh, and, and and massively groundbreaking. Um, so uh, for that, I, I, I'm really uh, so so glad that this has finally seen the light of day. Uh, it's, it's big big news, definitely. Did you did you play this one, Goldfish? Oh uh, yeah, I had an N64 back in the day. Four controllers. Me and my mates used to play this and Mario Kart on a 14 inch TV. Yes. So it like, would have been seen like postage stamp sized <laughs> uh, screens, and yeah. This was uh, a quite a favourite of ours, um, mostly because they could play it quite easily. <laughs> That's on the 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 four by three aspect ratio, which you absolutely wouldn't be able to bear today. But back in the day, you'd know exactly what was going on, and it's just insane to think about that. This is now the benchmark, and you know, to be honest, this looks rudimentary. I mean, it came, it was made in two thousand and seven, but still looks fantastic and mm-hmm. this is the this is how you remember goldeneye as opposed to how goldeneye actually was so very very cool yeah 
it's exciting stuff it's 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 uh gaming history in the making there's always something happening and this this is a, this is a big moment yeah be interesting like trying to get the licensing sorted out i believe is going to be the problem so i've have been hearing a lot about like some people said oh is nintendo is it turned out to be mgm were basically going like it needs to follow all these new rules that we implemented since GoldenEye. And they're like, uh, we can't. Oh, God. <laughs> Let, lest we talk about the Daniel Craig superimposition imp- into the uh, into the Activision yeah. remake. Um, the uh, you know unnecessary what? I, thing. Again, I, I, I didn't ever play the game as in a single player mode. I only ever played it just to get my ass kicked the original um but i played the wii version and i didn't mind it <laughs> but again what, what am i comparing it to just like just constant downtime at my friend's house so uh yeah i thought it was pretty good the daniel craig one it, it reviewed pretty well as well from what i remember yeah yeah it's, i mean like it it was it was a novelty but uh it doesn't beat the real thing in my opinion there you go there you go us retro gamers we won't we won't be told different <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> and keeping it with N64 styly for our next topic, uh, Conker's Bad Fur Day, another classic rare game, is apparently soft locking uh, Xbox Series X's. Now, again, Grizzly, you were the one that brought this um, uh, this one forward. Oh no, actually, give it out to shout out to High Score. Is actually the person that brought this forward um, over in my Discord. Thank you very much. But you're the one that found the uh, details. So take it away, Grizzly. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to completely admit, like we we picked this one because it's a bit of a snow, slow news week. But I, I also can't find it quite funny that mm-hmm. whether it be big or whether it be small, Microsoft can't quite catch a break in terms of <laughs> in in terms of like uh, news. But uh, again, it's one of those things that Rareware. I'm sure they're fixing it as we speak. But uh, yeah, just to go through the story a little bit, it's um, there's a certain boss fight that is very famous in Conquer's Bad Fur Day, one that involves a giant, massive poo, uh, the great mighty poo. Um, as soon as he starts singing, um, if the audio goes out of synchronization, which is very easy to do considering that the N64 games and a lot of Rareware titles back in the day used smoke and mirror tricks to... Um, to make certain games work and Conker's Bad Fur Day was one of the most technically proficient games of its time. If the sound um, exceeds the speed of the animation, then you are on track to locking up the game and you would have to restart it. And of course, this this is quite, this is a boss fight that happens quite early on in the game. So people could be, you know, relatively miffed about this. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a relatively small thing. I mean, there's there's. I think the real significant part of it is is that N sixty four games in general are quite hard to play on the HD platform and make them look good. So having collections like Rare Replay and you know all of these like mini um, mini compilations of N sixty four games that are slowly starting to appear in this generation, like Doom sixty four uh, that came out uh, last year. You know, those those are bastions for, you know, the best way to play the N64, unless you were to pick up something like an N64 HDMI mod kit. So there's a new one that's just been announced, um, mod kit, from a company called Pixel FX Co. So it might be a good alternative way to do it. It's apparently super easy to install, but as, as, uh, as Slope said, not exactly the cheapest way to enjoy N64 games on HDTV. So, you well, know. Well, as soon as this new mod kit mm. was announced, there 
their Twitter, I saw, and this was last week when, when this news story first came in, uh, blew up. So many people are going to jump on this as soon as it's available. If you don't buy this mod kit within 20 seconds, it's going to be sold out, I imagine, unless they've, they've made an absurd amount. Um, but, um, yeah. It's uh no, it's, it's pretty interesting. I mean, for me, I've always wanted to try myself, try try my best to get into the N64 a lot more. Um, and uh, maybe this is my time to do it with uh, this sort of thing. Because, uh, like I say, that the, the best games are definitely those rare rare games, and that's probably the best game I own on my Xbox. That's uh, an exclusive slash the only one. So, what was you gonna say, Goldfish? I was just say that it'd be interesting to see how easy it is to actually fit, because I know the other hdmi mods are very tricky mm-hmm. like it's a lot of very delicate soldering that you had to do so be interesting to see how they got around that a lot of them require you to solder onto a minuscule pin and if you go over then you could potentially brick the n64 um or in some cases completely blow up hardware which which as we know nintendo consoles around that era are built like volvos it's just a shame that the controller wasn't um but for me, like the the a proper HDMI N sixty four method in which to play is is what I would consider the holy grail right now. We've had great movements from the likes of analog making um, FPGA Mega Drives uh, Super Nintendos. I really want the N sixty four to to go into there because honestly, there's there's a great library of games on there and. Beyond the rareware games, beyond the uh, Nintendo-owned titles, and honestly, it's just waiting to be rediscovered. I think, yeah. and it just needs to be done in a in a form which doesn't cause eye strain. So, I'm really looking forward to the possibilities. The big problem with the N64 and trying to do an FPGA is that even the software emulators are not that good. Half the reason why Conkers is obviously failing is that they've not fully emulated the hardware. They've simulated it as much as possible to the point that it works the way the fpga sort of emulated and they they technically are emulators it it pisses off some people but they are uh they work is by knowing the hardware very very well and if we can't write a good software emulator trying to write an fpga one is much much harder exactly yeah they they copy the cycles of the hardware just for those who might not necessarily know what an FPGA is, but it creates that hardware accuracy, which makes it as close to the original format as possible. But yeah. People would argue that it's not emulation uh, at this stage. Well, it is. It's just hardware emulation. It technically is emulation because you're not directly recreating the actual chips. You're, You're recreating what the chips did. Yeah. Down to cycle level. So... It like if they they're not pro they haven't take like they haven't taken an original like Mega Drive, removed the top of the the chips and looked at exactly every single gate and how it's arranged and recreated it. They've sort of they looked at the Mega Drive and go oh, we, it does those operations so we can program those operations into the the FPGA to <laughs> to make it sound <laughs> to go more far deeper than probably anyone really wanted to know. <laughs> Hey, I think this is cool. I mean, we're we're all retro gaming fans here, for sure, for sure. But no, it's um, uh, I'm I'm excited for this Pixel FX. Will I make the the, the jump though? That's the thing. I mean, I I I it is. I'm pretty sure it's going to need soldering. I'm almost certain it will need soldering, and I can't do that. I can't do that. But um, 
and knowing that this little bit of kit is probably going to be upwards close to 200 pounds i'm guessing um i don't know who i would trust to to, to solder it for me so i, I don't know I, I i don't have the biggest love for the n64 but i have wanted to do like sort of a maybe even a twitch stream series where uh throughout a whole year i try and try and fall in love with it and i know there are good games for it i know i'm a big fan of sin and punishment we talked about pokemon snap in the last stream i'm a big fan of that uh obviously mario 64 is good and you got the obvious games in that sense but um yeah i think uh Oh, will I get it? Will I get it? Who knows? Who knows? Like I said, I've got Rare Replay, uh, but I'm just not going to be playing <laughs> Conker's Bad Fur Day anytime soon. Not while um, it locks up your uh, not while it locks up your uh, console, that's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> that is for sure. Definitely. So, um, moving over to a topic that I am uh, a lot more uh, interested in. <laughs> a lot more. Uh, I, know, I know a lot more about this sort of thing. So basically, Yuzo Koshiro, the legend that is Yuzo Koshiro, for those that don't know, Yuzo Koshiro has made many a soundtrack, but is definitely most well known for the Streets of Rage original trilogy, plus a couple of tracks on the Streets of Rage 4 soundtrack. Uh, but also, and uh, I was very very privileged to say that i heard him play those streets of rage albums live um at a club night in fabric um at the very end of the set he actually played some tracks um off of the uh revenge of shinobi um uh soundtrack which is another one of his and Oh, they're, they're two of my favourite Mega Drive games of all time revenge of shinobi and the original streets of rage games one and two primarily like incredible games well on Twitter, uh, the fact that he's just got this sort of stuff laying around blows my mind. But on Twitter, he posted up a tweet. I found a proposal of the Revenge of Shinobi Three, which is Shinobi uh, Revenge of Shinobi Two, which is Revenge of um, Shinobi Three. So Revenge of Shinobi Two is Re- Shinobi Three. Get my words out. And it was faxed to me from Sega in February of 1993. Was I supposed to be the composer for it? Question mark. I don't remember why I didn't, uh, but maybe I was busy composing Streets of Rage Three by looking at the date. Anyway, the music of Street uh, of Revenge of Shinobi Two is so cool. I really love it. And you know what? The music in uh, Shinobi 3 is utterly fantastic. Data Discs actually did an incredible job putting that on vinyl as they did Revenge of Shinobi as well. Um, but I can't help but feel a little bit gutted deep down. As good as Shinobi 3 soundtrack is, that, Reve- uh, that Yuzo Koshiro wasn't involved with Shinobi 3 because he actually made uh, some of the arguably, probably, definitely the best music on the Mega Drive. Yeah. I mean, like... Yuzo Koshiro is is an absolute legend. I mean, we all know that. I mean, as as Dan says, he's created some of the best audio for the Mega Drive system that we've ever heard. The Streets of Rage 2 is just... Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so insane good. quality. And then Revenge of Shinobi, of course. But I will say that Shinobi 3 itself, I mean, the, the compositions it had are still so memorable. And, you know, for a game that's less memorable by series standards, it's... It, it sounded brilliant. I mean, some of that music uh, led greatly into the likes of Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing Transformed. Say that three times uh, three times fast. Um, it's And it, it became like almost iconic, as iconic as the, as the stuff that Yuzo pushed out. So I don't feel like we've missed out, but I also kind of want to hear what he would have done at the same time. Yeah, as much as it would be like oh, i'd love to live in a world where yuzo Koshiro did make the music for uh shinobi free at the same time as he said he was busy composing streets of rage free at the time and 
I have grown to very much like the Streets of Rage 3 soundtrack, but I will say it is nothing compared to Shinobi 3 soundtrack. The Streets of Rage 3 soundtrack is very... Uh, it's uh, it's not exactly loved by all. In fact, it's definitely the uh, black sheep <laughs> of the entire series. It's certainly polarising. Yeah, majorly. I mean, you've got like Gabba elements in there, like r- weird warp label music in there. It's really crazy stuff. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, I, 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 the Streets of Rage, uh, sorry, the Revenge. Whoa. So the Shinobi Free soundtrack is incredible by comparison to the Streets of Rage Free soundtrack. So it's probably a good thing, although I would love to have seen what he did. There you go. <laughs> uh, have, have you got much to add on that one, Goldfish? I have to say, um, at, at that time, I was more into the Amiga than the Mega Drive. So there's there's that sort of era of Mega Drive gaming that I didn't really get into, though I I recognise his music and stuff, and particularly how well he managed to handle that Mega Drive sound chip, which a lot of people didn't handle very well. He he was very good at that. So oh, he was incredible. It was incredible, and he um. Uh, so obviously, yeah, it was the Mega Drive sound chip that, that done it. The Yamaha, I can't remember the exact numbering, but yeah, he he uh, uh, he used that Yamaha chip inside the the Mega Drive incredibly well. And for people that don't know, um, a perfect example of this is the intro to Streets of Rage One, where you got that smooth noise coming in. A lot of those, uh, those those softer sounding noises in the background was actually using that Mega Drive uh, Yamaha chip mixed with the original uh, bleeps and bloops, if you want to call them that, from the Master System days because obviously the, Ma- the Mega Drive can mostly play uh, uh, Master System games with a converter. So it was actually using two systems worth of uh, uh, music as a, in, in, in a way to be able to create that insanely good uh, Streets of Rage 1 and 2 soundtrack. I, I, I will always still prefer Streets of Rage 1 over Streets of Rage 2 soundtrack, but they're, they're, they're both, without a doubt, the very, very best on the system. Um, and yeah, it's incredible. I'll tell you one soundtrack that has actually come close, and it's, it's probably sacrilege to say it as a Sega fan, but... A game that came out only a year or maybe two years ago now um, called Xeno Crisis um, has arguably probably the best soundtrack besides Streets of Rage on the entire soundtrack. What those guys, I mean, we're talking uh, close to 30 odd years since the release of the Mega Drive, but what they managed to put into a Mega Drive is unbelievable. It's one of the greatest soundtracks ever made uh, and not just on the Mega Drive ever. It's unbelievable. Like, weird down tempo uh drum and bass in certain aspects like really atmospheric it's incredible it's absolutely incredible that's that's the thing about the mega drive sound chip it gets a lot of flack from the uh from nintendo fans specifically but mm-hmm. one thing i will say is that yes there are sometimes there's some grating audio that comes through it but when you get someone as masterful as user kashiro or the guys uh the guys at the sonic team back when they were doing Sonic 3 and Knuckles, when you got the right guys behind that thing, man, it could sing. Mm-hmm. It could sing. And that I still defy anyone to find something that sounds better than the likes of um, a Dream uh, Dreamer or um, Hydrocity Zone Act 2 on the Super Nintendo. I defy yeah. them the, the, to find Sonic something better. Sonic 3 and Knuckles is... I know I've just said how much I love Streets of Rage, but I, I I will always put that as the greatest soundtrack of all time, of absolutely all time. I adore... Lava Reef Zone uh, is, like... I get chills listening to that. I think it's so incredible. Adore that. And, um, uh, yeah, like I say, it's exciting to, 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 to just ponder for a little bit about what Yuzo Koshiro 
could have brought to uh, Shinobi 3. Return of the Ninja Master, I believe it was called in, in full. Um, uh, yeah. But again, I'm not taking away anything from him. I had to look up his name. I do apologize. But Hiro, Hirofumi Mar- Marasaki. Murasaki, um, he created an incredible soundtrack. Incredible. Um, still. Taking away the Streets of Rage 3, Yuzo might have been able to do it better. <laughs> Let's go crazy! Moving over, this is something you may be quite interested in to hear, uh, Goldfish. Uh, tell me if you've heard about this new story. Metal Gear has been converted from the Famicom to work on the Amiga 500. So a man, a man named uh, DJ Hoffman has been working on porting the M- oh, sorry, the MSX version of Metal Gear to the Amiga 500, and Hoffman has got to 90% completion for gameplay, and has shared the footage of his product uh, of his project. It looks absolutely incredible. Have you seen this, uh, Goldfish? Yeah, I've seen uh, bits of the, the video, and yeah, it's looking really good. Um, I said. Being a big Amiga fan, it's always great to see new games coming to the platform. Well, at least new ports coming to the platform. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he's doing a really good job there. It's looking absolutely excellent. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Are you going to be uh, uh, trialing this out on one of your upcoming streams on Twitch, do you think? I might have to give it a go. Have to, I've never been particularly great at Metal Gear. <laughs> no, I haven't either. Especially the uh, top downs. Um. Sort of stealthy, stealthy approach has never been my style, but yeah, it's um, it's still very interesting to see what uh, he's been doing with this, and yeah, I think it's good to like, it's good to see that he's gotten quite a lot of work done before showing it off as well, because like you said, I've seen a lot of projects that they show a lot of early stuff, and then yeah, they then run out of steam and stuff, and they it doesn't go anywhere themselves. And then you're looking forward to a project that never comes. Oh, it's happened too often, hasn't it? It's happened too often. The, the, the one for me that I was always, I was really, really butthurt about is uh, obviously being a Sega nut. A game I want to play more than any game, Translate, is a game called Sega Gaga, which is a, technically an RPG. I'm not an RPG guy, but it's all set in the world of weird Sega nostalgia, like where you um, get to meet obscure characters that are no longer around. And, and uh, it, it sort of works like a bit like a Roger Rabbit setting in a sense. Um uh, obviously probably actually completely different than that but that's my best way of describing it and it's yeah it never been translated um it's got a great story behind it it's development uh only had like a hundred odd pounds in marketing it's right at the end of the dreamcast life but i've always been really fascinated it was starting to get translated and then it just died off completely uh when that the day comes that it gets translated a uh, 10 hour streams happening on this twitch channel i want to do that but, uh, <laughs> yes very exciting that this guy's come forward uh and showed a game 90 percent complete and um I, I i can assure you everyone's really uh going to be pushing him and hopefully it gives him that that that, that, that boost to, to to finish off that final 10 percent and get this out because uh yeah it looks it looks pretty incredible well i will say is is game devs quite often there's a phrase that we use is that uh the first 90% takes 90% of the time. The last 10% also takes 90% of the time. <laughs> oh, that's that's worrying. I don't like hearing that. <laughs> oh yeah, I've I've just I've just got to echo the appreciation for the you know for the fact that this this has been shown off at 90% done. So, I mean, I I think I'm still waiting for Sonic 2 HD to like oh. get closer to the finalization and 
you know, there's there's been Sonic fan games which started out and I'm like going, yeah, I can really get behind this one. And then just nothing happens. And it's just, I don't know, kind of kind of annoying. You, you, you start thinking about what could have been and it's just not, it's not fun to do that. No, absolutely. Um, there was another Sonic 2 HD one that was like ultra realistic graphics where you saw uh, Robotnik going along in the background and stuff like that, which looked really, really nice. And Oh, the 3D... The 3D one, if I recall, they did uh, Sonic 3 and Knuckles as well, like a 3D mock-up, and it looked like a, a toy diorama, and it was fantastic. But again, it just it just was like one video and nothing else. Uh, the, the one I saw was actually a playable demo, but it was the, the f- only the first level, and it was done by a guy called Pelican, insert numbers at the end of his username, I can't remember, Pelican someone, and he was the same guy that worked uh, on the Takedown, which is like a Streets of Rage-inspired game. Uh, very, very, very good game, actually. Um, uh, Mac McMuscles helped uh, get that game out, and yeah, but uh, yeah, he worked on that, and um, oh, awesome looking game awesome looking game but yeah again it was never went any further than that real shame a real shame but just goes to show um uh, what this sort of thing isn't easy to do I'm, I'm i'm sure it was something done in 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 like you know outside of work hours as a little passion project and it's actually getting done so fair fair play massive respect uh goes out to dj hoffman um go and check it out i highly suggest going to look it up especially if you're a metal gear fan so um that was actually our last topic so we're moving over to our kickstarter link of the week and uh this one is just obscure i've always found it fascinating when people have like i i recently got a um you know people ask me if i want to review their games quite often and someone recently asked me if i wanted to look at ice hockey manager and i'm like wow that's so niche that's so niche who are they like appealing to like people that want to be managers of ice hockey teams that, that, that must be so much more niche than say a football manager or whatever but i think i've found something that's even more niche <laughs> that would be yacht mechanic simulator 2021 uh so if you ever wanted to become a mechanic uh of a yacht uh well now you can because kickstarter um <laughs> there's a kickstarter that's going to let you do that a uh, a company called playway and i've just seen that they've had 30 projects wow okay this is their 30th project it's a kickstarter we love as in project we love that kickstarter have promoted um will it hit this goal i think it probably will it needs 6499 euros uh which translated oh it's 10,000 canadian us dollars and it's just under halfway from that so 4433 canadian dollars and it's it blows my mind that <laughs> someone out there is like oh man there must be a lot of people out there that want to become yacht mechanics uh, and 254 backers yeah it's to to say yeah. it's a bit of um i don't know it's a bit niche isn't it yeah and some and some it's, it's crazy <laughs> i want to see what other projects are. i didn't realize it had 30 projects or 30 created are they all going to be crazy um simulators Hell Architect, uh, most of these. Uh, Farmer's Life, so you've got a farming simulator. Dinosaur Fossil Hunter. <laughs> oh, I'm well into that. Let's do that. Paleontology Sim. Love it. Deadliest Catch the Game. and Were they sponsored by Discovery Channel? Mm. Mm. Wow, that's interesting. Okay, okay. Uh, well, I think this is definitely their most niche game. Uh, there's an Ultimate Fishing Simulator, of course. Uh, fishing Simulators have, for some reason pretty big there's a car mechanic simulator a garage online 
yeah, these guys know how to do their simulation games. And now they're doing Yacht Mechanic Simulator. The fact that they've done 30 projects tells me that without looking too much into it, they're probably quite uh, a good company to get behind. If they've done 30, that means they've definitely fulfilled on the ones they've done in the past. I remember seeing that 911 operator being quite um, quite well-traveled at one point, if I remember rightly, because uh, it was actually fairly realistic. It was just mostly like text-based, but you you deal with the the dispatch team uh, so you're dispatching um police cars ambulances fire engines to different locations and you had to take 911 uh, 911 calls while you did so and it would actually teach you things like oh if someone's calling 911 to order a pizza then they could be having um domestic issues and it was actually really clever and talk people a little bit more about how you you run that role. So maybe these guys are just that good, and that's the reason why they keep getting picked. <laughs> I I can't tell from Yacht Mechanic Simulator personally. I'm not a Yacht Mechanic, and I don't really intend to be, <laughs> but I will say it looks like they know something about what they do. So I was going to say, I actually looked at my Steam list, because I had to see the games they, they made. I actually do own Car Mechanic Simulator. Hey, <laughs> Humble Bundle to the rescue. <laughs> you ever booted that one up, or was that part of like some uh, indie uh, Humble Bundle? I think I played it something. I suppose I've put 66 minutes in it, so at least an hour. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that good, There eh? you go. <laughs> and they've, they've also done one uh, a mechanic game based on fixing rovers, as in um, like the rovers on Mars. <laughs> Oh, wow. We meant like Range Rovers. Okay. <laughs> yeah, initially I saw it said Rover Mechanic. I was like, really? Rover Motors? Nope. It's uh, it's this... Rovers on Mars. <laughs> well, the uh, uh, the NASA, NASA fan community is pretty big. I reckon there's probably a, a definite uh, calling for that. Uh, so I'm seeing here that basically, yeah, you've got a proper grubby uh, bottom-of-the-barrel fifth-hand yacht that you start with by the looks of it and you gotta clean it up by literally cleaning with a mop and brush on the deck you know swab the deck you gotta do every little thing um oh it's ex- I, I don't want to say it's exciting <laughs> I, genuinely I, a little bit interesting I have, in this. To, I have to bring the mood down ever so slightly because I just looked through their list again and I saw a game that I'm not a big fan of <laughs> um so I've actually played Agony which was that um trip through hell survival horror game yeah, it it lives up to the name. Is all I'm going to say on that one. Uh, <laughs> oh dear! Oh but you dear. can't win them all. Well, there you go. Uh, anyone out there that wants to uh, become a yacht mechanic, you can do that simulator styly with this particular Kickstarter. It's not one that I'm heavily suggesting. I just honestly, there's not really a lot of good um, Kickstarter games out there, board games or, or video games at the moment. However, there is one that uh, a new story that came in literally hours before we film this one so we are going to quickly chuck this in right at the very end it's not a kickstarter per se but this is quite exciting we're talking about sonic again sonic mania green hill zone uh lego set yes (laughs) so explain this one to us grizzly right so for those who aren't aware of lego ideas uh the website it basically people can create their own ideas of what you know lego sets they want to see it's all in the name um and then if they get to a certain level of support and you don't have to spend any money to support but you're essentially telling people um 
oh, telling Lego that, yes, I would buy this if it came out. So as you can see in the top right hand corner of Dan's screen, 10,000 supporters, and then it gets put to the review. And then, it, you know, if it's a licensed property, it needs to go to Sega and they need to agree to it, blah, blah, blah. But as it stands, it received the 10,000 supporter, uh, supporter account in record timing, so I hear. And also, Sega has just approved it today. So this it it this isn't the final product. I mean, they still need to go through uh, bits and pieces about it. But Toaster Girl, who posted this up, has done a fantastic job of creating something um, in the Sonic Mania theme, going for a classic Sonic vibe with the Death Egg robot and the um, and the hard boiled heavy characters. And uh, this is actually going to be a set that you can buy. And Lego Ideas are, are great. Uh, the Lego Ideas website is great. They are great. Uh, Mark just said in the chat they are so expensive, and I agree. They are actually a bit stupid expensive. Mm. Um, they're they're very limited, and uh, they definitely hold on to that um, to 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 try and get you to to, to buy them basically. But um, I've only got one. Le- I think I've only got one Lego Ideas set. I'm pretty sure I've only got one, and that was the uh, Steamboat Willie uh, Mickey Mouse one. And that was yeah, I got that one too. Bloody expensive for what it was because you'd get the whole thing done in an hour. Um, but uh, and this looks like it'll be done in. <laughs> 15 minutes i will be surprised if this set is less than 70 quid um i don't know i think we're looking at a 50 quid set there um because i'm I'm benchmarking that against the yellow submarine which was 49.99 and another lego ideas set so it looks about right and uh, steamboat willie was around that if i remember rightly as well okay very very simple thing so um i i yeah i think it'll be quite good yeah 50 quid's still quite quite expensive for what it amounts to plastic bricks but it's sonic thanks for listening to slopes cars recorded live on twitch on the 4th of february 2021 if you want to be in for a chance to be on a future episode then please do consider becoming a patreon or youtube member and if you have any stories you want us to cover then please do join the official slopes game room discord server and share away links to everything mentioned can be found in this episode's show notes and finally if you are listening to this on any of the many podcast platforms around the world then please do give this show a little review in order to help spread its wings it really does help the show thanks again for listening the next episode will be recorded on the 11th of february on twitch.tv forward slash slopes game room but for now that's it from me this is dj slope signing out and hopefully i'll see you all next time <laughs>